Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy, it's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. So I'm actually here in Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. And I am here to give the keynote for the Boise Code Camp, which is a much special thing for me since I sort of started out really the uh, the change in my career, the shift in my career in in Boise. Uh, actually, Boise Code Camp was one of the places that introduced me to a gentleman named David Starr who got me started with Pluralsight. And that really was one of the things that helped me to take off and, and really change the trajectory of my entire life. So I thought what I would do is give the talk, or I'm kind of rehearsing the talk that I'm going to give at Boise Code Camp. I thought I'd record it and, and make a YouTube video of it here. Maybe I'll record the actual talk as well. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'll have to figure that out. But I thought I would walk through this because the talk is really entitled Coming Full Circle My Journey from Software Development to Personal Development and What I Learned Along the Way. So I thought this would be just an interesting story to put on YouTube here. Uh, I'll probably skip the part about what I do today, but but yeah, I'm kind of going to test out what, I, what I've got here. So my, my journey actually started in Boise Code Camp. Uh, actually, the, the first uh, the, the the sessions I think I did at, at Boise Code Camp is I did a session on creating a custom title bar and footers in Android. And the reason why I had done this session was because I had just finished developing my first an ever Android application, which was called Pacemaker at the time. Now it's called uh, Run Runner Fast Run Faster or something. I had to change the name on it after a trademark. <laughs> dispute but it was the first app that I'd ever really created start to finish and put in the app store uh, and when I was at the the code camp I was actually doing some blogging at the time I'd started my blog and you know this was an opportunity for me to present what I was learning as I was building this this Android app which was pretty difficult right up to this point in time I think I had not spent a lot of time like I would have given up like I wanted to not write this app but when I started it I you, just like so many people do, right? You have a project that you start, and and you don't want to you don't want to finish it. Uh, it's exciting at first, and that what is what happened with this this Android app. But I decided no, I'm going to finish this thing. So I, I basically ended up finishing it, and it required creating custom title bars and footers to make it look like the designer that I was working with, uh, like they wanted it to. And it, it was difficult. It was it was not. It was not fun at times, but every single day I devoted about an hour a day after work to working on this thing until it was done. And one day it was actually done and I put it in the app store and that was uh, just a, a great, great feeling. So anyway, there was a, a gentleman named David Starr who actually I had sort of known. I knew, knew that he was popular in the, the blogging space. I'd read his blog a few times and he had basically heard uh, me talk I think at, at the code camp heard that I was talking at the code camp what I was talking about had heard about my blog a little bit that I was blogging and that I knew how to build Android apps I had taught myself how to build an Android app 
and he was looking for someone to do a course, actually to build the Android app for Pluralsight and possibly do a course on Pluralsight. So of course, uh, he approached me and I applied for both of those things. Uh, oddly enough, I was not selected to build the app for Pluralsight, which, uh, which I was a little bit disappointed in, but it turned out to be a good thing. But instead, they asked me to do an audition or a demo for the Android course in Pluralsight. Pluralsight at that time was really just all .NET stuff and they were looking to expand. So I actually got the opportunity, David Starr actually let me record the intro module on his house. I had no idea about how recording works or editing or anything. Uh, kind of funny story there is that I, did, I basically had to one take. He was wondering why it took so long, right? So, you know, he's got me set up with his microphone and his, his computer and I'm you know, recording the slides there because he's got a good good mic set up. And it took me like three hours to record this 15-minute module. He's wondering what's taking me so long. And I didn't know about post-production. I didn't know anything about editing. I, I assumed that if you're going to record something, you have to do it in one shot. And so when I would screw up or I would say something wrong, I would start over from the beginning. So it took me a long time to get through about 15 minutes where there was basically no mistakes in it. And, you know, when I told him that, he said, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you just edit this out. Like you just record like a small segment and then you can edit out ums and you edit out mess ups and you just you end up stitching it together. So I had no idea. This is my first time using any kind of editing software. Once I found that out, it was uh, it, it was it was pretty pretty amazing that you could you could do this and it sounds natural. Anyway, I ended up submitting the audition and Pluralsight liked they liked it a lot and I they ended up commissioning me to do the first Android course for Pluralsight, which was sort of the, the start of, of really this this whole adventure that that changed my life. Now, I want to kind of give a big takeaway from here, like some lessons along the way here. So one of the big things that I learned there was how important it is to become a finisher. You see, up to that point in my life, I hadn't finished a lot of things. And maybe like you, you know, I, I started a lot of things. I had a, a lot of projects that I started in my life. And and I, I didn't always finish them. I was excited about them at first, right? How many side projects had I created? But this was the first time that I had actually forced myself to finish. And it really was a shift in my thinking. I really changed my whole thinking about the subject and said, if I'm gonna start something in life, I'm gonna finish it. And and that has really been extremely valuable just in the, in the rest of my career from that point forward. And I've always held that mindset is because the thing is like, if you don't finish something, if you're 90% of the way there, if you build a bridge 90% of the way, it's sort of useless. You don't get any benefit, but you've put in a lot of work. And so many of us spend so much of our time, we, we spin our wheels so much in our effort building, 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 and not completing, not finishing. And so it's a wasted effort. It's like we never did anything in the first place because we don't get any of the benefits of having finished. And so creating that Android app was, was the first thing that I finished. I finished that first Android Pluralsight course. I ended up porting the Android app over to iOS and I finished that. And I started writing my blog and I started, every week I was writing my blog posts and I was finishing them, finishing them. And that, that made a huge, huge impact in my life. So then comes 2011. This is like around 2010. 2011, I had my first child, my, my daughter, Sophia, 
was was born, and it sort of shook up my life a little bit. I wanted to finish up my first Pluralsight course just before she was born. It took me, I think, a couple of months to finish that Android course. It was a long course, and it, it was a lot of work, but I did finish it, right, and I got that done. And then when she was born, it sort of lit, lit a fire under my butt because I realized that, one, I was going to have less time, and that if I wanted to like achieve the things I wanted to achieve in life, that it was going to have to happen. It was going to have to happen now because life was going. It was, you know, and, and now I had another mouth to feed. Now I had more responsibility. And so if I was going to go down some entrepreneur track, if I was going to build a business or do anything, I, I had to really work my butt off. So it really shifted my mindset. I, I went from, not that I was super lazy before, I'd, I'd conquered that earlier in my life, but I went from someone who was, you know, somewhat motivated to extremely motivated. I, I realized how important that was. We we decided that we would move up, or pack up, and move to Florida to be near some relatives and to get uh, out of the cold, to to find the the lovely, beautiful, warm, sunny beaches of Florida. Uh, little did I know it would be extremely hot and humid during the summer and pretty much unbearable, but. <laughs> You know, that's the, you, you get what you pay for. So we moved uh, and, and packed up everything, drove to Florida with a four-month-old four baby. And uh, at that time, I was working for a company called Trackabout as a remote employee. So that was, was kind of nice. I was working full-time as a, a web developer and working on mobile development, comp, compact framework.net stuff and, and doing the Pluralsight stuff. So then comes 2012. Uh, this is the year of blogging, working out, and pumping out Pluralsight courses. So in 2012, when I moved to Florida, uh, we moved into this small two-bedroom apartment. I used to call it the bed office because <laughs> that's what it was. Was basically I had to set up my whole office and recording studio in there, and I spent all my time in that bed office, right? I was working from home, first of all, for that, that company track about. And then on top of that, when I was recording my Pluralsight courses, which I was doing every night, it was, I was in there just recording those courses. And it was, it was very tight, not very comfortable situation. I had to decide at that point too, between doing apps or doing Pluralsight. And I chose Pluralsight, which was a wise choice. Uh, if I went the app route, I think I, it would have not been quite as successful. Um, Pluralsight was just up and coming at this time. Remember, there's maybe like 40 courses or maybe 15 authors total. So it was just a great opportunity. It wasn't the company that it is now. It's so huge now. It's crazy. I got in really at the, at the ground floor. But that's not really the, the secret to success. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. It, it really wasn't about the timing. It was, it was about, well, there's, there's two things that are really required for success. It's, it, it's the timing and it's taking advantage of the timing. It's the hard work at the right time. So you've got to be there at the right time. But you also have to do what others aren't willing to do at that time. So when I was in Florida, my schedule, my, or I decided on my goal, and my goal was to create more courses than any other author. It was a pretty, pretty big decision. I was basically going to drop everything else in my life uh, besides my, my work and, and, and my working out, and really no free time, no hobbies, nothing. Just I'm either going to work, working out, spending a little bit of time with my family or I'm doing Pluralsight courses. That was what I dedicated myself to because I realized that with the royalties, with this opportunity to generate some passive income, I could really set myself free 
in life. So my schedule was a little bit, little bit crazy uh, at this time. Uh, I basically got up in the morning and I either ran or lifted weights. I was running about, I think, 3.1 miles, 5K or lifting. And then I worked my regular job for eight hours at home. Uh, then I ate some dinner and I hung out with the family for about an hour or two. And then it was back to recording Pluralsight courses. So I'd record Pluralsight courses every night for four to five hours, pretty much. And then I would do blog posts every single week. And I did that day in and day out. Uh, you know, never missed a beat, never missed a day. It was, uh, it was, it was tough, but uh, you know, but I did learn a, an important lesson, which I'll get to in a, in a second here. But uh, finally, on February fourteenth, two thousand thirteen, I was able to quit my job. I was able to talk to my boss and say, "Look, uh, I don't need the job anymore." And it was pretty awesome. The previous year, I had made one hundred and twenty-three, one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars in plural site royalties. That's royalties. That's not the course fees, that's just the royalties, it's just the passive income from those Pluralsight courses. I think I had done about 20 courses in that in that time, in the about two year, one and a half to two year time period. And I believe at that point I had more courses than, than any other author. So big lesson, the big takeaway for that year was consistency and persistence and the power of consistency and persistence. Because the thing is, you know, every day going in through that that schedule, little by little, making progress, writing the blog posts, getting the the plural site course, making step by step every day, even after working, you know, my regular job. Also, the same thing with the fitness. I really made a lot of changes uh, physically in that time. Really improved my fitness level. Uh, it, it was just every day. It was consistency. It's, it's persistent. It's such an important thing in life is to be consistent and persistent. I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned for success is that it's it's not like the heroic efforts, right? It's not going out there and running a marathon. It's going out there every single morning and hitting the pavement and running a few miles or running five miles every day instead of running one time at an awesome 26, you know, 26 miles. That that's that's great. It's great to do those heroic efforts, but they can't necessarily be sustained. And it's much more powerful to be consistent, to be persistent over time. You know, to, to appreciate and and understand that life is a grind, and you got to be able to grind. And a lot of people can't grind. They can't handle the grind. But once you you can do that, uh, the, the world of possibility really opens up. So that was the big lesson there was, was that, that consistency, persistence, it pays off in life. Uh, so many of us want to give up. So many, one, one other thing I'll say about that is that, you know, you don't always have the motivation. It was hard to do that. I didn't feel motivated at times. I, I sort of questioned what I was doing. Uh, and you, you have to realize that you've got to be able to work without motivation because you're not always going to have motivation. It, you know, things are exciting at first. It, again, part of being a finisher is realizing that you're just going to have to grind it out. And that's, that's the price. That's the dues that you have to pay if you want, uh, if you want to achieve your goals, if you want to reach success in life, you've got to be, you could just got to be consistent. You just got to be showing up. The blog was also starting to grow at that time. And part of the reason why was because every week, I mean, I think I started out doing three times a week. I would consistently blog on, on a schedule, right? I never missed a beat. It was always, I never missed a blog post. And that, that was what, what led to, to the, the growth, really. So then after that came 
what I call the hell year. This was 2013. So remember, I had quit my job February 14th, uh, 2013. Uh, basically, the, that that year, I'd, I'd given my announcement to quit my job, I think in January. And, and February 14th was my last day at TrackerBot, my last day hopefully ever in my life as an employee working for someone else. Uh, the goal for that year was to create 30 Pluralsight courses in one year, basically 2.5 courses a month, uh, one course every 1.5 weeks. Pretty insane. If you and, and we're talking like three, three hour, two, three, four hour courses finished, right? These, these are long. A lot of Pluralsight authors, it takes them a couple of months to build a course. So I was attempting to do 2.5 courses in one month, essentially. Like I said, one course every one and a half weeks. Uh, I had to learn entire programming languages to do this. I learned in that, in that, and teach them, right? In, in that year, I learned Go from, from ground up. I learned Dart. I learned Lua, and I taught courses on all of those programming languages. I basically worked like a dog. You know, it was it was insane. I started uh, doing doing YouTube videos at that time as well, not not at the regular schedule that I do it now. I do two to three YouTube videos a day now, but at that time, I started doing the YouTube videos. You can go back to my YouTube channel and see uh, see what my early YouTube videos look like. I was doing blog posts uh, every week. Still, I had a podcast called Get Up and Code that I had just started, and I was doing that weekly. And it was it was a lot of hell. It was very difficult. My schedule. I thought it was going to be easier because I wasn't working a full-time job. It actually became more difficult and more monotonous because all I was doing was working on these courses. And it was so difficult at times because, you know, when I started doing Pluralsight courses at first, I was doing the stuff that I was very familiar with, right? Because I had just done Android development, so I knew Android. I had just learned Android, and it took me a long time, actually. And I had just learned iOS, so I did a course on that. And I did IOC because I was familiar with that. These are my, my previous courses and Entity Framework or enterprise application blocks, like I, some of these courses that I knew, but I started to run out of those, right? I had to basically come up with ideas. I had a Trello board with like 60 course ideas. And for most of the courses, it was so difficult because I had to learn the thing that I was gonna teach before I actually could teach it. So within that 1.5 week period, for example, in fact, what I would do is I would be pre-learning. So I'd be learning the stuff that I was gonna record for the next course while I was recording the course. And I had a system in place and I had templates and I had a way that I was gonna build that course. Then every day I planned out my schedule very meticulously. Every week I planned out my schedule and I knew what I was gonna do and I had quotas for that week. And I knew how many modules I was gonna get, what. What, when I was gonna prepare slides, the process I was gonna to use to do that, and then the time that I was gonna spend every day learning, because I had to really learn how to learn rapidly. I actually ended up building a course that I sell now called 10 Steps to Learn Anything Quickly, which is based off of off of this this process, but it was, it was it was difficult to you know it was it was not an, an easy an easy time period but i learned a lot from it about about learning about myself and it it really uh, it it was really amazing to actually hit that goal now i had some 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 sad times there there were a couple of my courses so i ended up reaching my goal and up getting 30 plus like courses done in that year i actually finished early and took december off and i actually had i think about 
two or three courses that were rejected by Pluralsight. Now, this was hard. This is one of those things where it, it was pivot, a pivotal moment. Like right? it was very, very painful, if you can imagine, to work on a course. I mean, even if it's, you might say, oh, it's only a week and a half, but a week and a half of your life of your work, when you're working 12 hour days, uh, and then it's rejected, is is really devastating. And I hit that the point, I remember when my first course got rejected, and not for any good reason. You know, I had built this thing, there was some, I felt like there was some politics involved. Uh, I felt like it was a very quality product, but uh, I had to accept it. I had to just, you know, not cause a bigger ruckus. I, I, of course, tried to fight it, but once I realized that, you know, I had to make a choice as, as either going to continue to have a relationship with this company and this opportunity and pursue it and swallow my pride a little bit, eat a little bit of humble pie, or I was going to, uh, you know, fight it and throw up my arms and say that's not fair and cry about it and, and miss out on the opportunity. So I decided to suck it up and, you know, I sucked it up two or three times. Each time it was extremely painful, but that, that's the price. That's what you, you, you got to be able to do. So I did. And uh, I accomplished the goal. Ended up that ended up actually being the last Pluralsight courses I did. I have 55 Pluralsight courses now. That was adding those 30 to the 25 that I had. I had 30 that were published. I'd actually done I think 33 courses that year. And like I said, I think three of them were rejected. But yeah, that was amazing. And the royalties just started really coming in at that point. It was it was just an astronomic astronomical uh, ascent of, of that, that that opportunity I mean I had I think when I had 55 courses at that time when I finished it I think the closest that anyone had was was somewhere in the maybe 28 courses so I had more than double of, of the of the mo second most prolific author so author so the big lesson there was the power of being prolific right I learned that year in 2013 as I produced all those Pluralsight courses and not only produce Pluralsight courses, but the blog posts and the YouTube videos. And, and later on in, in, with the YouTube videos, I learned, I applied that same lesson. But with Pluralsight there, I learned how important it is to be prolific. That if you are extremely prolific, right, in whatever you're doing, whether it be blogging or writing code or making apps or making YouTube videos or doing Pluralsight courses in this case, that that's that's where the huge benefit is. There's like this huge benefit. And and some of it is just because you have such a wide surface area, right? The, the more things that you create, the more that you're going to benefit from them. They all sort of, especially things that create passive income or that have long-term benefits for you. Those, all of those blog posts, all of those YouTube videos, all of those Pluralsight courses, all of those things are continually generating a benefit for you in long into the future. So it's a very cumulative effect. But it's not only that. It's also that the more that you create, the more prolific that you are, what ends up happening is you become better. You become, it becomes easier for you to produce the thing. You start to build systems, right? And you, you get the, the economy of scale, right? Because since you're building so many things, when I was building all those Pluralsight courses, when I was doing one course every one and a half weeks, I was able to build systems in place that, you know, at first it was, it was really, really difficult, but it became easier. It became to the point where I knew what to do. I had this template. Okay. I have got these slides. I know I'm going to create this five module course and I was able to create a system out of it and I think you'll see this if you look at the writings of, of many extremely prolific authors or any prolific person you'll see patterns you'll see templates that they use my my daughter was reading this this book series 
called The Magic Treehouse, right? And the author of that, uh, she's extremely prolific, right? But she follows this exact formula. Each one of the books is formulaic, right? She's developed the template for doing this, and that's how she's able to be so prolific. And being pro so prolific has forced her into that, and it makes her a lot more efficient. She can accomplish things and, and get things done a lot faster than than most people can. So there's a huge power in being being prolific uh, for for multiple reasons. And so I would encourage you that and what I learned from this is is that you should be prolific if, if you possibly can it, it, it's it's so much there, there's so much more of a benefit you get this synergistic effect when you produce a lot of things and, and I'm seeing that now you know, here on YouTube as, as I do so many videos also as if you might have noticed right I, I speak pretty well right I, I never went to I went to one Toastmasters class I've, I never learned how to not say um and how to continue to speak and, and have my thoughts flow and to be able to talk on the fly. I did it by sucking, by by being prolific, by creating so many YouTube videos, by talking so many times that, that I got good at. Not that I can't grow, I can improve, of course I can. But I got to this stage by being prolific. So next we've got 2014. This is the, the year of a book deal and a shift. At this point, up to, up to that point, I was doing mostly technical content, right? For Pluralsight, I had done some, a little bit of soft skills type of content. I was writing a lot of soft skills type of things on my blog, which were becoming the most popular blog post. But I started doing some talks on, on marketing yourself as a software developer because I, my career was taking off. I was doing really well. And a lot of it was, was the marketing, was the, the blog was bringing me opportunities. I was out there on podcasts. I was figuring out how to get my name out there and how to build a reputation. And there was just so much benefits. I was getting offers for jobs and just all these opportunities that that I had never seen before in the, in the other 15 years of my career as a software developer. So I wanted to share that. So I started giving talks on how to market yourself as a software developer and talking about that topic. And it was extremely popular. Every time I would give a talk, people would come up to me. What's up, guys? John Sonmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. And I want to tell you about my free blogging course that you can sign up for at simpleprogrammer.com forward slash pblog. Now, this free blogging course is going to tell you how to create a blog to boost your career. It's something that you definitely don't want to miss. Thousands of developers have already gone through the course, the free course that you're going to get by email, and have learned how to create a blog to boost their career, to make more money, and even to grow their own side business. It's something that Every single developer should do, especially if you're a web developer, you should have your own blog. I'm going to show you exactly how to do it, how to be successful, how to get traffic, everything that you need to know about creating a blog and even making money from it. Just go to simpleprogrammer.com forward slash pblog to sign up now. Once again, it's simpleprogrammer.com forward slash pblog. Afterwards, and we talked for several hours, big crowds, because they'd never heard this kind of stuff before. And I just realized that was the same stuff that was the most popular on my blog, as most popular on my YouTube channel. So I ended up doing a, a book deal with Manning. Manning w was trying to pitch me on doing a book on mobile development for a while. And finally, I they had a new acquisitions editor and we had this discussion. And I said, no, you know what? I'm not gonna write a book unless I'm gonna write the book that I wanna write. And I wanna write a book about about life, a software developer's life manual. I want to write a completely a soft skills book, and I want to talk about all the things that are important in life, the things, that, the lessons I've been learning from career to learning things quickly to personal development to real estate and finance and fitness and all of those things that that I feel like 
benefited me and makes a well-rounded developer, well-rounded person and makes you more successful in life rather than just technical. I wanted it to be an evergreen book. And I sort of gave that pitch and held my breath and Manning said, yeah, let's do it. We'll give you a shot. No, you know, so I was, I was pretty excited. I was going to get to write my book and that was the conditions under which, which I, I, I felt it was beneficial to write a book. So I, so that was, that deal was, was inked. And I shifted my focus completely from technical to soft skills, change simple programmer. Simple programmer was no longer going to be about tutorials and, and technical stuff, although it would have some of it, but it was going to be focused on improving you as a developer. That was really what the, what the focus became. I ended up creating my first course for simple programmer that year in 2014. Uh, called how to market yourself as a software developer i still sell it now i think i launched that course and i sold about twenty thousand dollars maybe twenty five thousand dollars of it in in the first couple of days from a, a small mailing list that i had of maybe like three or four thousand people that was, was on my list which i thought was big at the time but it, it's not i've got about sixty thousand people on my my email list now but uh, that was like a, just amazing shift like it just shifted my mindset in terms of you could make money online. You could build a business. This blog, this little blog that I was hoping that might make me a few hundred dollars a month someday and help me pay my mortgage could actually become a real business and, and people really wanted this stuff. I also started a, a podcast called Entreprogrammers, which we, I still maintain today, which is a, a mastermind group where I meet with a few other developer entrepreneurs every week. And uh, we've actually spawned off other entrepreneur groups from that. I won't get into that now because it's, it's a long story. But uh, finally, I ended up writing the book. So I had done, I divide my year up into quarters. The first quarter, I ended up doing the How to Mark Yourself as a software developer course and launching that and figuring out how to sell things online and market things and build landing pages and sales pages and all of that fun stuff and take credit card payments. And then the, the second part of the of the year, I think it was Q2 or maybe Q2 and Q3, because I, I did some editing. I ended up writing soft skills. It took me about three months to write soft skills and and then some time to edit it. And then I took a two month vacation into, into Hawaii, <laughs> stayed in Maui for two months. Finally, you know, finally rewarded myself, finally started to see the benefit of this lifestyle of, of quitting my job, of, of the passive income that was coming in, of you know, being a business owner really was, was a huge shift for me. I, I almost thought I was going to just retire and be done. I was testing that out, but I said, no, I've got too much in me. I, I can't just sit on the beach all day. Uh, at that same time, I started eating one meal a day. It was, it was sort of a weird, <laughs> weird thing. Uh, I didn't want to, I was making really good fitness pro uh, progress. I didn't want to get fat. And I was already doing some intermittent fasting and saw the benefits of that. And so I said, well, what if I extend this? What if I just ate one meal a day? Then I could go out and eat when, when I was in Hawaii, uh, you know, not, not every night, but on some nights, and I could still maintain my fitness level and I wouldn't get fat. Because the thing I didn't want to do was go to Hawaii for two months and come back and be fat. Uh, that's, that, was not a, you know, that was not a sustainable lifestyle for me to like, go somewhere and travel and then come back and, and reverse all the, all, everything that I had done. And so that was, was pretty much, and then also in that year, you know, the other thing I was doing was I was reading a lot of really good personal development books. This is sort of the start of me, me going into that. I read a really good book called Psycho-Cybernetics, which changed a lot of my, my view. It really talked about how your self-perception, your self-image is what, uh, what determines 
uh, how you act and how you become and you have to change that image you have to and you can program and change that self-image yourself if you if you want it to change I read another really good book that was by Tony Robbins called Awaken the Giant Within, uh, which again, very much about changing yourself, choosing your life, your your values, and was was a very big eye-opening book and turned me on to Tony Robbins, who's, who's really someone who I, I highly respect. I read a, another book that was really weird called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and I didn't want to read this book. It was, I, I it just was weird, right? Uh, just kind of crazy new age stuff. But you know what? I, I found a lot of value in it. I, I, I opened my mind and I said, I started saying, you know what? Maybe there's some truth to some of this stuff. Maybe I don't have to like just totally subscribe to everything. But maybe there's some of this, you know, I was a very analytical engineer person up to this time. So this this was woo-woo crap, right? I was becoming a, a woo-woo person. <laughs> uh, but I was growing and transforming like never before. My mind was opening up. Uh, you know, the, the, the limitations that I had, uh, my my personality, my, my self-development, I was changing and I was growing and I was becoming uh, so much more than, than I was before. I was conquering my fears. I was conquering all kinds of things. In fact, that that year, with with the help of of that mindset change, I up until then I was afraid to fly since since September 11th, and I was afraid of roller coasters. I was afraid of a lot of things. So I, I won't go into the you know I've done a whole talk on this, but basically fear was taking over a, a large portion of my life. It, it really was. It was shrinking down the amount of life that I had to live, and uh, I had actually at one point actually in Boise here when I was working, I had a panic attack and just almost, almost literally lost my life from, from this anxiety that I was, I was suffering from. I almost, I could not function for, for about two weeks. But that year, I, 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 I got on airplanes. I learned how to conquer my fears. And, and I, I could, I could tell you about that. If you're interested, I, I, I can tell you about about how to conquer my fears. I think I've done some some videos on that here. In fact, yeah, I know on the YouTube channel. Let's let's point to since we're I, I'm I'm giving the talk, but I'm, I'm I know that we're here on YouTube, so it's kind of a little bit weird. But you can check out the YouTube videos on on conquering your fear. I'll eventually do a course on this, by the way. But I I started conquering my fears. I got on airplanes. I got on roller coasters. I got on the craziest ass roller coasters that I could find, and I loved it. I enjoyed it. Every single time that I felt a fear, I I went after it and I I faced it head on. I realized that that courage. See, up to that point in time, I th I thought a couple of things. One that fears would just go away, okay, and then two that that courage. Was, was something that happened when the fear resided. But what I learned was that that's not true. That what it is, that courage is always action in spite of fear. That there must be fear in order for there to be courage. And so if you want to be courageous, you must also have fear, but you must face that fear. And now I live my life in such a way that I face my fear. So a big lesson there was uh, was really that two things here. Like I said, I already talked about the fears that you need to conquer your fears and face them. Otherwise, it will take over your life and it will destroy your life. Right? We know people who have done that. Maybe in your own life, your your fears are, have destroyed and conquered your life. Maybe you're afraid to talk to people. You're afraid to go out there and put yourself out there and to do the things that you know. It's, it's sometimes scary to get on the stage and, and and do that. But is that what you're? Is that holding you back? The other thing. 
the other big lesson here was that limiting beliefs hold you back, right? I, I was an analytical engineering person. I did, didn't believe in any of this crappy nonsense, psycho-cybernetics and Tony Robbins and the power of now and all this crazy new age crap. But you know what? When I opened my mind to it, when, when I, and not that I just drank the Kool-Aid blindly, but I realized that I had these limiting beliefs that were holding me back in my life. And that's a lot of the message of that is, and I was able to expand beyond my shell. You know, I had done some transformation already. My life had changed drastically, but deep inside, I think there was still a lot of me that was, was, was in, 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 in bondage, right? It, that was in cage, right? From fear, from all of these limiting beliefs that I had on myself, that I believed the, uh, the kind of person that I, that I could be or that I was, or that my, my own limitations. And, and once I realized that those beliefs were holding me back, and, and we all have those, we all have limiting beliefs. And the more that you can conquer those limiting beliefs, the, the, the more amazing that, you know, life becomes. As I, you know, one of them was just the amazing of seeing that you could sell something online, that you could make money, that I could build a business out of, out of this, that, that someone would would buy something that, that I had created, that I could sell it, that I could be an entrepreneur. That was a limiting belief. I, I was afraid to call myself an entrepreneur. Right? Even, even now, it feels a little bit a little bit weird, but I am. I'm clearly an entrepreneur now. I mean, I, I have a, a business. I employ people, right? So that's that's a lesson there. So then we get to 2015, the, the year of building a team. So there were some dark moments uh, there. You know, with 2015, I thought about giving up on Simple Programmer. Basically, I was doing everything myself. That that persistence and that grind I talked about, well, it was grinding on me because after several years of you know writing blog posts every single week, doing all these YouTube videos, doing all the stuff to maintain editing, you know, I was editing podcasts. I I was doing all kinds of stuff. I, I felt like I was losing my passion, and I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep doing this. I said, well, why did I do all this work? Why did I, you know, build up this empire? Why did I do all this investing? If, um, if, if I don't have any freedom, <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur, I have success, but I, I'm bound to, to my job. I'm bound, I've created a, a prison for myself, but I found a solution. So I read a book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth Revisited, and that, sh that, that saved Simple Programmer. That, that saved me quite a bit because I, I, I didn't realize, you know, I was basically doing things myself. So, and this book talks about how important it is to not be the technician, to be the entrepreneur in the business, to, to hire other people, to let go, to delegate. <coughs> and and it really, really rocked me and impacted me. So after that, I realized I needed to build a team that I couldn't just do this all by myself and I couldn't grow. I ended up hiring a virtual assistant from the Philippines for I think a thousand bucks a month. It actually wasn't even that expensive, right? And he was a full-time, worked for me. And I ended up hiring an editorial team for the blog and a transcriptionist. Uh, the, the 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 VA from the Philippines I end up eventually firing. He wasn't didn't quite work out <laughs> so well, but he did work out for the time you know for the time period. He did do a lot of stuff. Took a ton of stuff off of my my plate. I started coming up with standard operating procedures for everything that I was doing. I tried to figure out a process and I wrote it down and and figured out how I could hand it off and how I could so you know could I create the YouTube videos and then that'd be it. And that's what I do now is I create the YouTube videos and and uh, I have an awesome editor Rodrigo who handles that. 
everything from there and, and handles a lot of the stuff and handles the email. And so there, I, I've got systems in place and I've got people that are, that are helping to do this, right? Simple Programmer wouldn't be what it is today without those people. But that's where I made that shift in mindset and that was, was awesome. In fact, it was so awesome that it allowed me to travel Europe for three months. I did home exchanges and I, I went from, gosh, and I've got all the videos here on, on the YouTube channel. If you, if you search, I think there's a playlist on on my travels, but I went from Paris to Berlin to Ireland, Dublin and Bruges and Amsterdam and then London and Iceland. Uh, it was just an awesome experience and trip. And I was, the reason why I was able to do that when I traveled for those three months, I only worked Fridays basically. I did some email and stuff on, on some other days, but Fridays every for, for three months, I, I worked. That was my work day. And I, the reason why I was able to do that was because I had this team. Because now I had an editorial team that was helping me with blog posts, getting the blog posts out. I had someone that was helping with my email. I had someone that was editing my videos and getting all that stuff ready and so that I could I could I could do you know, I could I could be free. I I could run the business, and and really, I was I wasn't always in the business. It wasn't dependent on me all the time. And even today, right? Even though I'm technically the face of Simple Programmer, and I make the videos and I do all that stuff, I can queue them up in advance, right? and I don't necessarily have to be here. It'll I I have to be here to grow the business, but I don't have to be here to keep it running. It, it can my team, my awesome team, can keep it running now. So I, at that time, I also started publishing more YouTube videos. Uh, eventually, two plus a day, that's what I'm, I'm doing now. And at the end of that year, in 2015, I attended my first Tony Robbins event, Date with Destiny. I've got the video here, but it was awesome. It was a life changing. I had, it, it was the, the final metamorphosis from my analytical engineering mind to be full, being fully sucked into the personal development, woo woo, new age. <laughs> Uh, crazy person that I am now but you know it, it really did did transform things for me and, and I was able to see uh, a lot of things about myself and about other people and uh, I still I was still holding a lot of limitations I was still seeking external validation a lot I was still putting expectations on people and letting them put expectations on me and I was still holding back in, in, in a lot of ways for myself my own masculinity was was really was really not it, it was really watered down. I, I was not embracing it. I was afraid of it to, to some degree. So there was a lot of big lessons there. Uh, but but for that year, the big lesson for, for that year was you can't do it alone. Delegate. I learned the power, just like how awesome it is to have someone else doing it. And, and to realize that, you know, the only way you're going to get things done exactly how you want them done is to do it yourself. But you don't have to have them done exactly how you want them done. There, there's, a, there's a level that is good enough, that is high quality enough, and that, and some people can do things better than you can too as well, right? That's the other thing is it, it, it just because it's how you want it done, exactly how you want it done, or how you would do it, doesn't make it, it the best way. And so as an entrepreneur, as someone who really wants to be successful, you, if you really want to be successful, what I learned was that you have to leverage. You have to use other people. They have to, you have to delegate tasks. You, you have to do that. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to grow. You can only handle, handle so much yourself and you're going to be, you're going to burn out and you're going to, you're going to feel the weight of it and you're going to create a prison for yourself. So there, there's a huge power in leverage. There's a huge power in delegation. That, that was the big lesson there. Then finally, we get to 2016, which is the year of personal 
growth is, is what I entitled this. Uh, there was a, a quote that stuck out from me for me from the Tony Robbins, and I've mentioned this a lot of times, but it, it's such an awesome quote that really changed things and really opened up a lot of a lot of my life, which was the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. That really shook me to the core and really changed my life because up to that time, I was building a fortress. I was basically trying to make it so that I was physically impenetrable, I was financially impenetrable, that nothing bad could happen. If, you, if you've ever watched that, what's that movie, like Final Destination? I think it's like two, where he goes into this cabin in the woods and he like, sets everything up because he's supposed to die like something is supposed to so he like just tries to duct tape everything to the walls and get rid of all sharp objects and tries to make it as safe as possible that's what i was doing with my life and i was losing the passion i was losing the excitement and the joy of my life i was going through some some periods of depression at times you know and 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 that that was why that was wise because I was trying to eliminate all the uncertainty. I, I was trying to protect myself against against that. I started to really get into Stoic philosophy at that time as as well, which really helped me to to break that mindset. So I stopped. I stopped building the fortress. I said, you know what, you know, if, I'm just going to take life as it is. If bad things happen, bad things happen. I'll just deal with it. If good things happen, good things happen. That's great. But I'm not going to spend my life trying to uh, trying to to make everything level and and keel. <laughs> I like you. You know, I'm, I'm going to take some risk. I'm going to take some chances. I'm going to, you know, do that again. It's it's okay because that's that's what life is meant to be. Uh, so I moved to San Diego. <laughs> I stopped. You know, Florida was safe. It was so cheap. There was no property taxes, right? It was the housing was cheap. It was it was I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't happy there, but I, I was I was enduring because it was a wise, smart choice. I said no. Move to San Diego. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to go and I'm going to live on the beach. So I bought a house on the beach in San Diego. Not on the beach, but like six blocks from the beach, right? And that's that's what I did. And I started changing the way I approached life, especially after that Tony Robbins event. I stopped caring what other people thought about me and what I was doing. I really stopped caring. I found my purpose in life. I did this video on, on finding your purpose. And I found that my purpose in life was to learn everything I can, simplify it and share it with others. That, that means that no matter what I was doing in life, I was going to be doing those things, whatever role I was, and you couldn't stop me from doing it. That was the thing that, that's my purpose. That's what, what I live for. And, and that, that gave me something to live for, right? Rather than just making money, right? It, you know, I, I had had this goal up to that time about just making enough passive income to retire. And I'd reach that goal. And then I was like, well, what do I do now? You know, sit on the beach? No, it, I still have that passion. I still have that purpose in my life. I still am going to fulfill that. That's why I focus a lot on these YouTube, these YouTube videos. That's what Simple Programmer's purpose is now. It, it's an extension of my purpose. I took on a business partner in 2016 to grow Simple Programmer, Josh Earl, who, who some of you know. Uh, really, it was, a, it was a risky thing, right? I'm gonna pay this guy, I'm gonna give away you know, potentially half of my business, gonna pay this guy, you know, a few thousand dollars, like $6,000 a month at the time, right? I mean, Simple Programmer wasn't making a lot of money. I was paying him more money than I was making, and basically all the profits from the business when we started. In fact, yes, all the profits from the business, maybe even more so than that, right? It was a very risky type of thing, but I believed in it. I believed that 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 he, that together we could we could grow it, and we did. We, we ended up uh, growing the revenue to 30K a month, for simple programmer it's it's over 30k a month now you know now before all of you get you know dollar signs in your eyes it's not profit but it's impressive i'm happy with with that accomplishment that's that's pretty awesome and, and we're going to continue to grow it right now i'm able to pay myself a paycheck and pay him a paycheck and, and pay my employees you know paycheck and uh and and, and it's great so 
then uh, I also started in 2016 writing my new book, which is called uh, The Complete Software Developer's Career Guide. I actually finished that book in 2016. I'm going to be publishing it this year. And that was, uh, I didn't know I was going to write another book. It's actually bigger than soft skills. It's like 200,000 words. Uh, 2016, I started running a lot more. I really like I had some limiting beliefs about how far I could run and what I could do. I started running 40 miles a week. That's what I do now is I run 40 miles a week. I ran three half marathons, uh, something I never thought I'd ever do. YouTube exploded, right, with with new content. I changed direction. I started dropping F-bombs on the YouTube channel. I just basically said, you know what, I'm not, I'm going to polarize. I'm going to, I'm going to be, be me. I'm going to go to the extreme. I'm, I'm going to, you know, not hold back, right? I'm going to be as genuine and authentic as I possibly can because that that's that's what's important. It's not, I don't care if I offend people or piss some people off. That's fine. They're not my people, right? You guys you, who are listening, you, you are my people, right? And so, yeah, and, and, and YouTube exploded because of that. Right now we're at, what, 76,000 subscribers. We're going to hit 100,000 easily, easily in 2017. So my big lesson for that year was not to be afraid to polarize people uh, don't be afraid to polarize people. Don't be lukewarm. And in all areas of your life, right? That means like with external validation, like don't care what people think. Like you just got to do you, right? You got to believe in yourself, right? Other people are going to give you comments and it, they, they may be good. It might be good feedback. I've talked about this before, but ultimately you've got to make the decision and you've got to choose what's right for you. And you got to do you. You've got to do that, and you, and it's going to polarize people, but that's great because you want the people that are really in your corner, right? I know a lot of you that are, that are watching this video, you you're you're on my side, like you you love what I do, right? You're, you're not like oh, I love the John guy kind of, right? The, most of those people are gone. I know some of you are still around, but that's awesome. That's what I want. I want people that that support. If you're not in my corner, that's fine. I don't have to be your enemy, but I want the people in my corner and that in in my life, not just in YouTube, but in my life, right? If, if you're going to constantly put expectations on me and want me to be this and, and, and bring me down, then get out of my life. That, I'm sorry, but that's fine. Maybe we can still be acquaintances, but we're not going to be close friends. We're not going to be hanging out. I'm not going to be taking the negatively. I'm not going to take the expectations that you put on me. I'm not going to allow you to guilt me or to, to do anything like that. And I'm not going to put expectations on you. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to let you live yours. I'm going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, we're going to be be friends or we're going to be in each other's company or presence because we want to be not because we're obligated right I've, I've gotten rid of obligation so that was really the big lesson there and, th and that's it and so now we're you know 2017 i've got more lessons to learn i'm back in boise i've come full circle from it's, it's kind of amazing like to think about about that uh you know <laughs> From from where I was, and, you know, and I, I've left out some details. Obviously, there's there's a long long story. I was overweight at one one point in in, in Boise. Uh, I remember going to my job and being like 100 pounds heavier, and and it, it just things have drastically changed, right? From from the last time I was here, a uh, totally different person, totally different personality almost, right? Uh, I've, I've shattered so many limiting beliefs. I, I've changed my fitness. I've changed my I've, I've changed how I look. I changed how I talk. Uh, my my checkbook has gotten bigger <laughs> not that you know but but it has right it, it, these i've built a business i you know i'm i'm running a business i've i've got I, I no longer burdened by the things that i was burdened emotionally right I, i've i've set myself free in a lot of ways i still got a long way to grow so a couple of final takeaways here that i'll give and i'm not going to really elaborate on these but just just a little bit of inspiration for for the day here one challenge yourself Grow. Make sure you're growing. If you're not growing, you're dying, as Tony Robbins always says. 
Don't fear obstacles. Face them. Confront obstacles. Right? Don't don't don't, don't try and go around them. Go through them. You know, realize that you'll become stronger by by doing it. Don't wish for things to be easier. Very similar. I've talked about this before, but uh, you know, you, you'll grow. You'll become stronger. Don't don't wish things were easier. Things making things easier doesn't help you. Them being tough and, and that's what helps you. That iron sharpens iron. Uh, look in the mirror. Honestly, evaluate yourself. I've talked about this a lot. You know, obviously, if, if you've seen some of my videos on this, it's really important. Really important to take a real honest look in the mirror and see it all blemishes and all and not not judge yourself harshly but realize it be uh, be objective compare yourself to yourself again when you do that when you look in the mirror don't look at elon musk and don't look at you know famous people and and uh, and, and people who are more successful than you judge yourself judge yourself against yourself who were you yesterday who are you today compare yourself to the the version of yourself you were yesterday a year ago five years ago that should be improving that's what you're you're valuing yourself against hold the line don't just give up <laughs> don't just fall fly off the rails and let the roll the ball roll back down the hill okay you, you got to hold the line you got to be able to tread water at times you, you can't just you know you're gonna mess up at times and you're gonna screw up and the key thing about success is that when you screw up, you limit the damage. You do damage control. That's the name of the game. The most successful in people are alive in life are not the people that necessarily can push the hardest. It's the people that fall back the least. I've done plenty of videos on that. Uh, don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't do or what you're qualified for. This is one of the ones that pisses me off. If you've seen me get pissed off on this channel, but don't don't let them. I can I can. Don't let someone say, oh, you're not a psychologist, or you don't, haven't studied anthropology, or you don't have a PhD. Well, fuck you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and, and don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do, and, and that you're not qualified. Don't let them hold you back. You just do you. Don't seek external validation. I've already covered this one, but don't. Don't, you know, internal validation, yes. External, no. If you do, you'll be needy. You'll be a pleaser. You'll not be liked. You'll not like yourself. Don't have expectations on others and don't allow them to have expectations on you. Again, I covered this a little bit, but it's, it's, it's so critical. We live so much of our life in obligation to others and, and trying to obligate others to us and it's, it's slavery. Let Love is free. Live your life like it's the only one you've got because it is. Thank you and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me, let me know what you think. This is kind of a, a long talk, but it'll be fun to, to deliver this. I'm, I'm a little bit over time. I think it's like, we'll be like, I'll have to, I'll have to shave it a little bit at the, at the event, but uh, let me know what you think. If you haven't subscribed already, click that subscribe button and I'll talk to you next time. Take care.